another edition of Kent and the Steering Team back at it again somewhere in the world but of course for as good high quality content as always and of course as always you've got myself Phil my good mate Drew and I've got Sarah sitting here next to me um, unfortunately Kent can't be with us this week he's uh, he's actually um, we put him in our luggage and uh, they lost it so he's off somewhere in the world anyway on with the show Drew how are you I am very good it's nice to hear your voice again Nice to hear yours, of course. As um, you know, as we've said in several episodes, yes, yes we're recording and uploading every single week. But uh, that's not true because we are re- uh, pre-recorded a massive slab, and then we're randomly uh, scattering some actual uh, relevant content in throughout the pre-recorded ones. Is that as accurate to say? Yeah, yeah, that seems yeah. about right. It's mostly. Yeah. It's like in clumps. We've exactly. Had, yeah, we've had a batch of reco- recorded episodes and then the pre-recorded. Of, and yeah, exactly. There's only one pre-record um, left. There is. That, there is. That means we've got to pre-record another chunk because I'm still far from returning home. Um, yes. As we keep reminding ourselves, we keep thinking it's just around the corner, but no, it's actually uh, several weeks away. Well, I mean, you um, say that, it, but we're only a few weeks off the 100th episode, so... Which I will be back for. We will be back for that. That is um, crazy. Of course. I can't believe we're almost at 100. How I, is that possible? I don't know. I, I think you're going to fall asleep in that episode. That's my personal opinion. No, I'll be be home for a couple of days. We'll be fine. You'll be home we'll get for there. one day. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, this episode, though, it's a little bit overdue. Yes. Um, we didn't have a chance to record it when we wanted to, which was a, was a couple of weeks ago now. But this is a Brightburn review. Brightburn being uh, that film that we... When was it? It was It was probably February or something like that, where we saw a trailer for it. I think it was and, around that mark, yeah. Yeah, and the three of us just kind of sat there and went, oh, yes, please... Yeah, and, I'm uh, very excited at the idea of it. And we, we kept forgetting the name. We were like, Brightburn, Bright... Bright, bright Boy. Bright Boy, Bright Bird Light, boy. Bright something. Birdman. What's his name? Burn something. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't work out, remember what it was, but Brightburn. Brightburn it was, and we kept seeing trailers for it, and we were like, yes, please. And uh, it came out, and we saw it. Sarah and I saw it in New York City, which was lovely. Um, and uh, you saw it there at home, and... Um, yeah, we, 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 we saw it, we've seen it, so we'd like to review it. Yeah, I, I'm keen. I've been keen for um, for a couple of weeks now. Has it, I feel like it's been a couple of weeks. It has since watching it. It has been a couple of weeks. Oh, Jeez. yeah. Um, do you want to fire away or do you want me to fire away? What, 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 what? Uh, dive right in. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, so um, basically, the film is, what if a child from another world crash-landed on Earth, but instead of being a hero... To mankind, a bit like superhero, he proved to be something far more sinister. Now, this film directed by David Yaravesky, yes, yep. I've said it like that. Uh, yep. uh, written by Brian and Mark Gunn, um, starring Elizabeth Banks, David Denman, Jackson A. Dunn, um, and and produced by uh, 
James Gunn um, mm. uh, is yeah, it, it's a fantastic take uh, take on on what if Superman came to Earth but he wasn't good. What if he was because destined who's to say? for an evil purpose? Yeah, because what if that happened? What if that happened? Why do they have to be good? And 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 this film tackles that, it, and it tackles it in an interesting in, interesting way. I a think very very interesting way because it certainly, as it was starting to play out, it played out differently than what I was expecting. I well, certainly the way different uh, played out differently to the way we were expecting too. I don't know. I kind I kind of felt like maybe it'd go in the direction that the kid was predisposed to be evil, but he wasn't. Not even he was remotely. a good kid. Yeah. No, he was a good kid. He'd learnt the ways of of being a human, um, yeah. being a good kid, going to school. He was a smart kid. Um, I guess because of his his alien ways, it meant that he was really intelligent, hyper intelligent yeah. almost. But yeah, he 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 just had this kind of um, darkness inside him that that as the film started, it, it very quickly got to that the, the point in time where he was already at at kind of uncovering or or not intentionally being won over by the dark side yeah and he learnt the hardest thing that he could not escape his destiny yeah it's funny that you see it in 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 superman you see it in um you see it in star wars you see it in even back to the future you know you're my density um (laughs) uh, to quote back to the future Yes, yes, it's a back to the future You're my quote. Density. <laughs> You're my density. Um, you know, it's just it's fate. It's the way it goes. You can't yeah. control it, and it just happened. And this kid, uh, he, it's funny. So this obviously this review is going to have many a spoiler in it. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, stop now um, and go and see it because it is worth seeing, um, especially mm. to to listen along with this review. But uh, it's it's just interesting the way. Um, Sarah and I had had did have a criticism of the film, and it was that there wasn't um, really a story. And I don't mean that. I mean, obviously, the film was a story, but it didn't have. Uh, and I, I mean, it, it I just guess wasn't enough for it to be a film. Yeah, like, it, I it, kept saying it felt like the first episode to like a series. Like I, it felt like, but then again, they almost told the whole story. Yeah, it wasn't really a story. Like I still really enjoyed it. I just, yeah, it, it was it, weird, and and that's a, that's a good point in that it did feel like the first episode of a Netflix series because they told they told so much of the story, but mm. they skimmed over the story. They kind of accelerated through the story, and it's because they almost had to kind of for this to work, for this to be a successful film. Yeah, it, has it to had move to pretty swiftly. It had to move swiftly, but it also had to tell the whole story. Because I think if they didn't tell the whole story, if they went at the pace that almost the film should have, or felt like it should have gone, they wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So they yeah. had to accelerate through and kind of, um, you know, the ending credits where it had, uh, you know, a lovely cameo in in there, um, where the you know extremist right wing kind of nutbag sitting there. Uh, spilling his um, conspiracy about this 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 uh, Mark Cru- or Mask Crusader kind of thing, um, you know they had to get to all that because we needed to see it. But again, it shot itself in the foot a little bit because if they hadn't showed that, there would have been room for a sequel, which I think they needed or do need. It yeah, it's it's left the door open. I'm like I'm curious. I I don't know if they would go ahead and do it, but. It would be interesting, wouldn't it? Well, any sort of sequel would have to would 
could no longer be part of the origin. So they've done the origin story and they ended the origin story by showing the current, which is that he is um, well and truly established and understands his power and does what he wants to do and is just messing things up on a massive scale. Um, so, I mean, the film film proper finishes with a plane crash, basically. So, you know, they're at the point now where he fully understands his, his power and his control. So therefore, any sort of sequel has to be on such a grand scale. And whether this film was done on a big budget or not, I'm actually not too sure. But hmm. if it wasn't, the next film would have to be a massive budget because it's got to be a destruction on it's, world scale. It's, it's low budget. I'm, I'm just, I've brought up some details about it. It was mm-hmm. between six to twelve million, and it made twenty-seven point nine. So, that that's a fairly decent number given the budget. Well, it it's, just again, it just means that any sort of sequel would have to be massive budget because of where they positioned the sequel in its well, ending. Well, exactly. Well, there's a few notes about uh, comments that they've made about potential sequels as well, mm-hmm. and that they definitely want to expand upon the universe. And mm-hmm. there's even been a, a little bit of mention about them crossing over with one of James Gunn's previous films, Super, which starred Rain Wilson. Right. Okay. Yeah. So That'd be cool. Yeah, so you never know. It... I guess, I guess a lot of this will actually hang in how it continues to fare, especially once it hits Blu-ray and such. But Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I think the phenomenon of it seemed to sweep through the world quite well. Yeah, I mean, so so basically, this, this is a film, yeah, it's telling the story of what if Superman is bad, basically. Um, it, it does a great job of kind of establishing who he is, though he's a really smart kid, not too popular in school, um, how he's a good kid, but getting swayed or won over by darkness, and he can't stop that. That's just his destiny. That's what happens. Um, it does an amazing job at showing, quite realistically, the carnage of what that can mean. And and you know, we see a car accident and a diner incident, both of which I'm sure we'll come back to. But that show in massive detail of. Again, the carnage. Um, what it does really well, though, is, again, it does really well with the realism in that, again, despite the fact that this is a fictional story, it doesn't feel fictional in the way it's told, which is no. that life it life goes by in a really realistic way, where day to day this kind of just happens quite efficiently and normally. I felt that in the way they shot it as well. Mm. It didn't feel like it was filmed in the most traditional sense. No, I felt something... like this was filmed over a week. Like this is this is just filmed yeah. over a week. Like it's just the, the boys just turned thirteen, yeah, and <clears throat> uh, twelve or thirteen. I can't. I think it was thirteen, and so now it's it's just it's set off to do with his birthday. It's just fired up now in him. That's what happened. He's turned the age. Now it happens. You know, again, it, it was filmed real realistically, and what caught us off guard was the mm. fact that it wasn't a traditional Hollywood story or. No, and also the mum was horrifically. Uh, yeah, also the mum was was not a, not fit to be a mother at all because she had no <laughs> interest in safety for a child. But you know, it was filmed as if she. I don't know. There was this hmm. just sense of love of a mother to a child, to the point that any common sense seemed to go out the window. But almost, 
I mean, still, it's just... look, the the child was technically illegally adopted. Yes. So she's not. She's not. You know, I'm not meaning this in a hurtful way because I don't know based on adoption, but she's not the kid's real mother. So is there that real? <laughs> is there that real? And also, also though, and more to what I'm trying to say is. The kid's an alien. He's come from space. Yeah, and the, the dad kept bringing it up, like, you yeah. know what this child is yeah. kind of thing. The, the, she was the like, father, no, the father, yeah, exactly. Oh, he no, got no. it. The, he the, completely the kid's got it. from outer yeah. space. How do you know what's going to happen? But the mum just kind of probably, which which made it, again, swing back from being a realistically told story, a realistic told story, not, you know, not, not um, from camera form or something like, you know, uh, a... a uh, uh, what's Project X or Chronicle or something like that? But yeah, this this was trying to show it as if it was real life, but the mother kind of played it back to being artificial. So it just made it challenging. Um, I, and I love what they were trying to do. I think there needs to be more films like it where it is trying to portray ultra realism. Yeah, but there were just elements of it that then brought up too much to trying to live in fantasy world, like the mother, the way the mother played, and and stuff like that, which which was interesting. But no, like again, there were some fantastic scenes in there. For example, oh. the diner scene. Yes. For example, yes. the car crash. Like, let's just talk about the diner scene for a second. Please. Horrifying. Horrifying. Incredible. Horrifying scene. What an incredible scene. Harken to back have to Sam Raimi, Evil Dead kind of yeah, level proper horror. just messed Stuff up. That just gets you out of your skin but again i appreciated it because it was as gross as it was and some people would say unnecessary i absolutely disagree it was entirely necessary um it added gravitar to the story yeah but it's also that what if it happens because i've looked at those lights before i've seen one of those um fluorescent tube so basically there's a scene in it where there's fluorescent tube lighting in the ceiling and the kids running around um at high speed scaring the crap out of this lady in there because the lady was quite rude to him earlier on in the film. Um, she's she's alone in the diner, kind of packing in for the night, counting the cash. And suddenly the lights start flickering, and she's freaking out. And she goes, and she's looking up at the, the uh, fluorescent tubes. And the fluorescent tube explodes into her face, because that's what they do if they explode. They go everywhere, and the shards of glass are so fine and so small. And one piece of glass ends up in her eyeball... And we see it quite close, right in the and we see her blinking with it, and you get to hear the sh- sound of the shard of glass uh, <laughs> reacting against her eyelashes as well, which is just even more phenomenal and amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad they did it. And uh, then we saw her, got to see her pull it out, and her eye then leak the juices because it had been punctured. So, Drew, quite a fantastic yes. scene. Uh, I'd actually like to hear your take on this fantastic scene and that that eye scene. How amazing was the eye scene? I just sat there and looked at it and went, "Oh my god, they they did that." <laughs> and it just yeah, it exactly. So they're, horrifying, they're doing it. and yet I couldn't look away. Half of my brain is going, "Oh my god, I'm going to get nightmares," and the other half is going, "How on earth did they do that? That is incredible. <sighs> this is incredible. Why have I, I not seen this in a movie before?" Exactly, fluorescent tubes. So Who's not up about it? Yeah, why have they not used fluorescent tubes in that way before? Like, come on, that's exactly what my fear is with those. Like, imagine that raining down on you, that glass. But do you know like, what? Uh, how many movies will use it now? But it made like, it real again. Yeah. 
Like exactly, it was another exactly. reason why the movie was real. How many times have we seen glass shatter in a film, and there's no consequence? Nothing. Do, do exactly. You know, one of my favorites is in Home Alone when one of them is stepping through the window and stands on the bauble, and the bauble smashes yeah. under his foot. And you never see it any hurts. consequence of it. You never see no. his foot bleeding. You never see him pluck out a shard out of his foot. No, exactly. He screams from it, but that's yeah. it. No. Glass no. is like, it's razor sharp. It I ruptures you. I want to see like, the real consequences of what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I, and, and, you know, I think, I think there's only one film in history that actually does it, and that's, that's Die Hard. Yeah. The original Die Hard. Yeah, That's the only does, film where there's it? consequence because of broken glass. Besides that, no other film actually did. People get thrown through windows and stuff and there's no... Co- if you got thrown through a glass window, you'd be, like, cut up into slithers. Like, Oh, yeah. Of course. But, you know, anyway. So, yeah, this film tackles that issue properly. And, again, it goes back to that whole thing of it's shot in a realistic way. It's shot over what feels like real time a week. You know, it, it, it is... It's genuine in that sense, and that's that's again where where the confusion came into it. That hang on, if it's if it's ultra realistic in that it's realistic sort of timeline, the story we, we weren't expecting that. We're expecting like a really artificial kind of Hollywood style story, and we didn't get that. Just no, we didn't, and but that's not a bad thing. It's so much the appeal of that movie, though, because. It doesn't go all the way to the levels of, you know, like Project X or Chronicle. I, I think Chronicle's a fantastic example, actually, mm-hmm. because Chronicle was trying to do almost the identical thing. When I first heard about Brightburn, I thought, oh, but they've done mm-hmm. that with Chronicle. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise yeah. just the level, like the extent to which Brightburn would actually go to be not only its own thing, but also be what Chronicle was clearly trying to be. Was it also nice? Was it also nice that we actually had something that that achieved what it set out to do, which was the premise that of what if basically what if Superman was bad? Yeah. You know, we, we've got things like um, yeah. we had things like uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the name Venom quite recently. Yes. Um, and, and Venom was another attempt at like an anti-hero kind of thing. But we w- didn't quite get there. It didn't quite fulfill that. It was still. But I wouldn't even you, call Brightburn still... an antihero. That's no, exactly. Just... He's just an he's just an evil kid. Like he's just yeah. evil. Yeah. And yeah. and Venom was trying to be what I feel like it was trying to do that thing of make you want to not like him, but love to hate love to not like him for that we, reason. We've talked about this we didn't get that. previously. I don't know if we've talked about this on our show before, but we've talked about this previously about wanting to see a film told from the perspective of the villain where the villain wins and the hero does not. And I think yeah. Infinity War kind of does that, but it it cheapens it because you know that the good guys are going to come back with a vengeance. Exactly. And, and, the and the whole point was yeah. that there was going to be a win. Yeah. And how do they come back and, from this? Whereas this film is about not that. Exactly. And, and, you know, like everyone was pretty shook when, when Infinity War ended because no one actually expected to see what happened happen. But mm. we all knew there was more coming. Like we, we knew that that wasn't the end of the story. This could easily just be the definitive end of this story. Obviously, like from what I've read, it seems like they're looking to do more. But even if they never did, that 
I am so satisfied with the idea of seeing a film where it ends with the villain succeeding and is told from yep. the villain perspective. Yeah, because that doesn't happen. No. It, it feels like if people are afraid to almost tackle that kind of side of it, but that's well, I think not the case at all. People think that no one is going to like that or going to want to watch it, but it's not about that necessarily happening that defines whether or not the film will be good. What defines whether or not a film is good is how it engages its audience due to compelling story or characters or the actors playing them or the chemistry between them. There's so many more elements to it. This Mm. just happened that it was well cast, well performed with a serviceable story, because obviously there, there are parts in there that don't quite stick the landing but that's okay i think the (laughs) fact that it's imperfect makes it all the more intriguing and more fun and really it is shot like a b-grade movie because it is a b-grade movie it's done on a low budget it feels like it shouldn't be a hollywood tentpole and that's a good thing it it's the kind of story that doesn't need that for it to succeed no, it, it, it certainly is. Like, I, I think it should fit into almost indie film genre. Mm. Um, and, and what it does, though, well, is that I think that in it, many it, ways it does. But it upholds that. I think it does it justice, or that, that genre justice, because just because it's got gore in it, just because it's a little bit different, just because it almost has slightly Hollywood tendencies in the way it was marketed, doesn't matter. It does a perfect job at being an indie film because it does not... Uh, follow all of the, the the Hollywood kind of ideals and stuff like that. It does a good job at not being a Hollywood film. Yeah. Which I think is its strength. Again, unlike a Hollywood film where there's a really kind of artificial kind of, um, uh, you know, contrived story mm-hmm. that we were kind of expecting and, again, left the, the, um, the cinema kind of confused that we didn't have that. Um, and, and, you know, we, we tried to make sense of it and try and work out you know, hours after this, after seeing it, where was the story? What was the story? There wasn't a story to it, but how does that work? You know, we spent ages working it out, but it doesn't exist. So it almost runs in the way that it's not supposed to have that because it's not the film it's trying to be. Exactly. That's interesting. It, it, I think I think it, 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 it did some things interesting. What did you think of the casting? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was it was very sound casting actually. Um, I, I thought that both mother and father played well. Of course, of course. <clears throat> you you messaged me and um, yes. what it took you a little while to to realize um, the the relevance of it because of course you've watched The Office now. I love The Office, and it had David Denman who was Roy in The Office, who was just out at the Stanley Cup with. Um with john krasinski yesterday <laughs> i love that the two they mates went to the game together <laughs> I, I, I love that and and yeah like i think that that was um a great choice i love seeing that i love when i because i am such a fan of the office i love when you see someone from the office and you can go oh look at that it's them um yeah no i thought that the casting was great i thought that the um the child playing brightburn uh, jackson a dunn i thought he did a great job um in it as well were you it was weird about the title of the movie for most of it yes and yes i was i didn't know what the re- relevance was it threw me until the end and then you're like oh yeah it's the town uh. yeah 
I still don't understand. I still don't quite understand what is the relevance of that, though. Why is it called Brightburn? Like, just because it's the town, it's centered around the kid, not the town. I mean, the, the, the kid uses the town as the kind of sand, sand pit or sandbox to, to play with, but I didn't understand why the film's called that. Good name, though. Yeah, very good name. What I like, that I, I like that so many people around the world seem to have connected with this film. And I follow James Gunn on Instagram, and he yeah. goes ahead and reposts a lot of the fan art that, that's been doing the rounds. There are so many incredibly talented artists out there who've been putting up their interpretations of the kid in his costume and it just mm-hmm. they all look incredible well I, I mean incredible. it's it's the film does kind of promote that that sinister sort of look and i think that that's really cool and people are interested in 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 making up things you can have the gr- the bright friendly colors of superheroes but then to have the sinister red and black and white of of Brightburn and his eyes and his mask on and and seeing him, you know, in, in scenes where, where like, you know, you look out the window of the house and you see him just floating up there in space or up in the sky and the, the night sky behind him, the, the, the stars up in the sky behind him, just, it's just creepy. You can just see his eyes reflecting back at you and it's just creepy to see. And, you know, again, the diner scene with the light flickering and then you suddenly see in the yeah. uh, mist on the door the, the BB um, reflecting or BR reflecting back at you. Um, and then there is, uh, of course, the car crash scene, oh. which I think we need to talk about as well. Yes. Again, the dark, it's the darkness. The darkness, the car breaks down in the dark. Again, it just creates really, really sinister sort of motives. It's just, it's just evil. There's evil there. And I, no wonder people like to draw that and... and do fan art for that because it's just interesting him with his cape or his mask or his eyes. So much of it was just evil personified. And I think it's so scary because he was such Mm. a sweet kid until the power of the spacecraft just claimed him and, and brought him to a destiny that he had no control over. And as soon as he stopped fighting it and just let it in, it just became truly terrifying to watch him. What was <coughs> interesting, um, scary, unusual, yeah, was the slow kind of burn of the kid going from again a good kid mm. to just seeing him himself, not when he was the the bad, but just him himself losing his. Um, his pity or his emotion and yeah. his empathy, just the way like the he got back at one point and the the uncle had died in a car crash that he mm. contributed to, and just had absolutely not a care in the world for the fact that he had died. And it was just like the kid's just not is where what's going on? Like he's and again you, the, you could, the dad notices it exactly, and the mum didn't. And it was that that whole idea of the kid started out perfect and now so quickly that he's turned or had his birthday, is he losing that? He's just, it's almost like the good in him is being sucked up like a sponge, like, and it's just all going away and it's all bad now. There isn't, and even him as normal doesn't exist. It's just interesting. Uh, I, I do actually have a complaint and I just remembered it then and Sarah and I both were annoyed at it. Yeah, and that was that was basically, um, and and again, whether it's used in future films or not, we don't know. But 
it was the very kind of pronounced and attempted explanation and you know they try to make it as blatantly obvious to the entire audience as they possibly could that his kryptonite is his own ship or spacecraft yeah they try to make it so obvious they were like look at this look at this it hurts him he's never bled in his life look at that he cut his finger on the ship look look at his finger look 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 he he got cut and we both noticed it didn't we sarah that then they wasted it they wasted it so at the end of the film when the mother kind of finally realizes like the whole house is gone the father's dead everything's just gone the police are all dead everything's just a total disaster she's injured oh the, oh he's evil oh he's not a good kid so she finally realizes that the kid's not good then she goes oh well then i know what to do so she goes and gets a bit of the spacecraft to hurt him mm. no that doesn't happen it's like what was the point in building up the the whole idea behind it and making us all again it did kind of use a hollywood film technique there and it expected us to think about it and know it and want it and then the mum to do it and everyone's like yeah so this is how it gets to the hollywood ending no it doesn't yeah, even then if they brought in like a different twist like i don't know what but at least something to do with it instead of just like yeah as you said being like well let's build up and, and then, then it wasn't it's relevant. just done like even if you like you know turn around and killed her with it like at least something happened but yeah there was it just became yeah like he what did he ended up lifting her up into space to the point where she froze to death and then dropping her or something like that you know not yeah. froze to death but till and then just dropped her it just it just made that completely not relevant at all. Like, because she dropped her, he dropped her, and then the plane crashed down on top of them. What's the relevance of her going to the barn? She could have been standing in the middle of the house for all we know. Like, it doesn't matter where she went to get. The, mm. Like, it didn't matter where she was before this, this all happened. So, why did they have to draw our attention back to the piece of the spacecraft? Like, I it just, it I think. Kind of trying to lull us into a false sense of security. It also it felt like something out of the Game of Thrones handbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, look, you know what I mean? It, it's trying to lead you in a direction only to show you that it's not necessarily about where it ends. It's about what's going on in the moment. I guess so. And and yes, I yes, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think there was a little bit too much attention drawn to that. It is relevant, I guess, in the sense that if there's sequels, then it becomes relevant again. That's yeah. That's... It, yeah. it, it requires someone else to notice that that's his kryptonite and that's the way to kind of stop him. Um, but in the sense that this is a one-off film, because it may be a one-off film, we don't know, uh, it it felt like there was maybe a bit too much attention drawn to it. And, and again, look, the Game of Thrones technique of <laughs> you think it's going that way, well, it actually doesn't. It works in a Game of Thrones setting because there's, what, like 10 episodes a season normally. You can kind of... You can go for that. You can waste your time doing that. This film didn't have the time to waste no, on a they, scene like they, that. And they knew that because they do push the story. It propels itself very quickly through yeah. the motions of, yeah, it is what? About a week, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like it's about a, across about a week. Yeah, it's um, not a long time frame. No, I mean, it, it's it's what? There's his birthday, then it's uh, he goes to school... Mm. Then he gets bullied. Then he hurts the girl. Then he. Well, I don't get. This is probably my most like least mm. favorite part of the film was when I think like the kid was eating breakfast, and this is just after it all like emerged that something was going on. Yeah. And then he starts like chewing on his fork, and the dad notices, and then 
just kind of brushes it off. I'm like, I'm sorry, but if I saw my kid eating a fog, something would happen. But he did nothing. Again, uh, it's that whole idea of it's an indie film. There isn't a proper Hollywood story to it. But they're also acknowledging and, and it, the fact that, like, yeah, cool. The parents know he's alien. Maybe it's just a weird thing. Maybe it's got nothing to do with everything else. And yeah, that's an ignorant view, but. It kind of, I don't know, it kind of works in this whole indie film thing. It, 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 it was, though, again, we, we said right at the top, right off the top that we had some criticism. It was that. It was that it was a little bit... It felt rushed, but it was rushed because it was over, over the course of a week and you have an hour and a half or so to tell a story that happens over the course of a week. Yeah. Um, it felt rushed because... It was an origin film that tried to tell the whole story. Um, it felt rushed because they drew our attention to things, but then they weren't relevant kind of stuff. Um, and I can imagine that in the writer's room kind of being like, okay, we or not writer's room, but, you know, in writing the film, all right, we need to try and let's write down some interesting points, but then let's try and fit all of them into the film. Um, and again, that was the... It was an indie film that exceeded um, the expectations of an indie film, but also suffered from, from some of the issues of an indie film, and that is like the, the sort of not perfect editing and not perfect kind of storyboarding. Um, but but again, like... It I, was so good, though. Like, I just want more. Yeah, exactly. Like, As Sarah want, said. Like, I just need more. Like, we want more. Two more episodes. Well films but it should be a series yeah we opinion. want more like i i, I we, we really want more because it was fantastic it, it we did love a it series wouldn't it how fantastic so would it be is it and and i can imagine that the desire to have an um a film to your name or, or films an additional film on your your uh, your belt but at the same time how perfect would it have been as a netflix series or an hbo so series or something good. i would have loved that you know, especially off the back of the whole um, Stranger Things kind of vibe where, or even the first It film, you know, you've got this idea of, like, a child as the star and and a child that's foreign, like Eleven is in Stranger Things, and trying to make them fit in the world, but no, this kid doesn't fit in the world because he, he is only evil and he's about to find that out. Yeah. And, you know, it, you could have done so much with it, but, again, we both want more. We both want another film. I'm just scared about how they will do another film because the budget to go into another film would have to be massive because, again, the way the first one ended with the credit scene, um, as Bad Guy um, played in the background, they showed the extent that he's at. Like, he is on a world-beating level already now. That's where the next film has to kick off. So they've, they've shot themselves in the foot by making such an interesting idea that we want to see more of but they might not have the budget to do to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll it's, see. Them. I'm. You know what I like? I like that I'm content either way. I'd be happy yeah, with but, more, but I'm also happy if it's at one because I like I am satisfied by that mid credit scene. I'm. I'm. I disagree. <laughs> I don't have, know where I'm at with it. Have you, I don't know where seen, I'm at with it. Have you seen The Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. Do you remember the ending? Not really, because not, not much happened in it. Okay, so the ending was, like, in many ways, the same. 
it mm-hmm. it kind of had a definitive ending but it also very much was open-ended at the same time where it went yep okay cool mayhem is about to ensue but mm-hmm. that would be saved if we ever did more but but it works yeah but it works <laughs> my 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 it, it's funny i i for a film that was a one-off that we saw the trailers for and that's what what made us want to see it yeah and that's that's about it i feel so it's such a strange feeling leaving that film because i'm because i don't hate it in fact i really quite like it but but i'm really a little bit uh, cheated not not cheated just disappointed like i feel disappointed that we had i'm it's it's funny they gave us the whole story and more yeah but they told it really quickly that i feel like i wish they didn't tell me the whole story it's funny they gave me everything but i wish they didn't because then i wanted i wanted to see more in more detail um and i'm almost a little bit disappointed that they they because they did tell us the whole story they can't go back and retell bits of it because they've told that already so it i loved it so much that i'm disappointed that we've got everything where we to where we are <laughs> It's funny that I've not left a film feeling that way before. Where and and we were, it was so strange when we walked out of the cinema with all the other people in the cinema, and we're walking down the stairs, and we're trying to make sense of it and try and work out like, hang on, so we've seen everything, we we know where he's at now. How the hell did we like? We didn't get enough, but we got everything. It's it's such a weird feeling, and I can't remember leaving a cinema feeling like that before. Isn't that meant to be a good thing if you're left wanting more? Yeah, but there is no more to give. Yeah, exactly. That. So that and that's my that's 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 where I'm so yeah. torn with this film in that I'm left wanting more, but they've given it all. The only things that I want more of are the things that they may have skipped over in what we'd seen already. Maybe skip. Like that I, I wanted slower. Maybe if they'd skipped the post credit scene, that might have. Exactly. I didn't like. They shouldn't have done that. I appreciate that they did. If this was a one-off, but the fact that it's it may not be. And in fact, I want there to be more. Yeah. They shouldn't have done that. But even then, it would only be like the next film would just be one of those classic evil guy mm. destroys the world. I don't really know where they'd go with that. And that's, again, why they told us too much. Yeah. Well, if they I, did in- integrate it with other superheroes that came out of, out of wherever to rise up against true. him, then that could be interesting. True. But then it suddenly it suddenly goes into the more Hollywood realm, and it starts to become good versus evil, and it shouldn't be good versus evil. And I know you could do good versus evil where evil wins, but then it's just like you've not been different enough in just giving us bad. Why is there only ever good? Why does it have to be good and bad? Like, can't it just just be bad? And that's what's really different. I think they've got to almost work this to the point where they stay so far from good. Like, keep good out of this entirely. Don't let it get a look in. Otherwise, it becomes the good versus evil thing. And even if evil wins, you've still given us too much of good. Um, which other superhero films do. if they did that. Yeah, for sure. It, it, but, it would but be different. But we want different. Still, do you know what? I, like, I left the cinema feeling inspired because it made me want to go home and just keep working at original ideas because it was good to see something that felt unique and original on screen. 
it, it also made I, I completely agree with that and it also made made me feel like you know you, you can you can write different it doesn't have yes. to follow the formula and it also doesn't have to kind of um yeah it doesn't have to follow the formula of happy ending or something did like it, that or did you, did you walk out of the sequel or did you walk out of there with the gears turning just just starting to think a lot like yeah yeah and and also how i would have done it myself which is again what i'm sure lots of filmmakers do and that almost inspires them to make their own films yeah hence why you often see things that are relatively similar what was that anyway um yeah That's like you start to see <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what that was uh you know how would you tell a story like that so how yeah. what would your spin on that be so yeah it, it is inspiring for sure I think that's one of the benefits of an indie film is that it, it feels more, not attainable, but it just feels a lot more relevant and less kind of on, yeah. on a pedestal. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, question, questionable character motivations and decisions aside, I want to talk about how brilliant Elizabeth Banks actually was. Like... As as an she actress did a fant- embodying a character, she was awesome. Oh, she was right across it. Yeah, she she was, and again, she felt felt very real. Um, again, I I, que- I question, I do question some elements of her realism in the sense that kind of as a mother, she almost ran with it too far, and she instead was- of almost being, she she never got to the point where until it was way too done. What where yeah. she felt like shattered by what her son was doing. Um, I think that a mother would, who am I to say? But also, I think that a mother would understand and accept at some point what their child was doing and be shattered by it. But she never got shattered by it. She only ever but she she wanted a kid for so yeah, long. Yeah, she went, but she yeah, went she from so desperate from, to have a she child. She went from under she went from understanding though for too long. To finally at the end, the flicking the switch and going, all right, I need to kill my kid. Basically, there was no at no point the just like crushed that her son was evil. No, but no, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, I think that's what it took. It, it took literally finding out that this child that you think is yours, like that he essentially he is theirs, but. But the fact that she didn't carry him through labor and that, but she may as well have for for the amount of mm. of belief she has that mm. this kid was brought to her, it takes the fact that this child that is a foreign entity has gone ahead and killed her husband, who is very real that she has grown up with her entire life that she knew from childhood, and then yeah. she kind of snaps out of him and goes, "You came into the picture." You, we did not bring you into the picture. You came into the picture, and you have now done this. You have taken away something. That's when she kind of snaps into it. But That's the fact that, the fact that it took that is a problem. But again, I I, I kind of get the realism of that. But I, I do, I, I, I do I though. Think, I don't think people are inherently smart anyway. So it, it just no, that's true. I know but she a very did cynical view, but. <laughs> She did, though, play a, a, like a very believable, for the most part, a very believable mother. Like she was so casual and just so like cool, and like she she played a mother really well. Like she played that cool kind of mum, very happy, kind of laid back. Yeah, has her son, real happy with that. Great friendship with her son as well, really well. She, you know what? It's it's both of them very much, but 
I like that when I watch them, the I don't feel like I'm watching the actor. I feel like I'm watching them in character. I don't think of them as any other character that they've played. No, exactly. And, I mean, it's... It, obviously, I've seen her in a lot more things than him, but I found it with both of them. I was like, oh. Like, I see, it's funny. I, I still see David Denman. I still see elements of other characters in there. Like, I still see... Um, yeah. I, I look... He played the character very well of what he was trying to play, like the the, the realist, realist, the one that kind of saw through the, and could kind of separate, I'm his father versus what the hell is going on with this kid, um, where she didn't do that. And I think that's what he was supposed to play. I mean, obviously he was supposed to play. That's what happened to him. It was led to his, you know, that was his demise. But, yeah. you know, I thought that he did play it really well, um, but I think that she played the character better. You know, yeah, but she played her character. She's had a far more diverse career, and remember, she's also a director in her own right. So yeah, you know, it's coming from that as well. But knows what to look for. Yeah, but I I don't know. I felt like she absolutely hit a home run there. Even even Mm. if I disagree with with a couple of character decisions that that are in there, I still think her performance is outstanding. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't. I, I completely agree. Um, again, she was such a believable kind of cool, laid back country mum. Like it, she was perfect. I don't know if I, I don't know if I mentioned this when I messaged you after I saw the film. The music. Yeah, like, that was cool. That was um, something. I'm like trying to remember was, all all of the score, but uh, it was eerie and intense, and it just suited the film. And then that well, credit, it felt that sinister. Credit song that was just. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you again, you can't really... Uh, I, I thought that um, uh, Bad Guy was a very fitting kind of credit song. Um, it was, wasn't Billie it? Billie Eilish. Yeah, Billie Eilish was... Uh, yeah, very well suited, I think, credit song. Mm. <laughs> uh, terrific. I thought that was really good. But, uh, yeah, okay, uh, Drew, let me know what your score is. What What would you give it? I've given this a little bit of thought because obviously mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get caught out at, you know, the 45 minute mark going, oh crap, what was my score? Um, mm-hmm. I gave it a bit of thought. Look, uh, I'm just umming and ahhing a couple of final numbers in this, but I think mm-hmm. on a technical level... On a technical level, I'd give it maybe a seven and a half because I actually really mm-hmm. liked the visuals on it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the acting was good. Story, uh, story is good. I, I think just some of maybe a little the script could have used a tiny bit of tightening. Yeah, and 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 that's you know we we've talked a little bit about about those points in it, and I think the reason why we we've been a little bit frustrated is because. We loved everything else so much mm-hmm. that, you know, the those little things have bugged us because it's it it almost feels like it's impeding it from going from awesome to just incredible. Mm. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, look, technical level, I give it a seven point five because I think all the all the correct elements are there, and it's like it's like it's eighty percent there. It's so close, mm-hmm. and and yet yeah. I still love it. Like I'll still watch it over and over again because I really enjoyed it. Um, which brings me to my personal score. Um, Mm -hmm. Personal, probably give it the same, seven and a half. 
Yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair. I, I, well, I'm going to give... Yeah. Yeah. Go. Well, I, I was going to say, I'll give it a seven for both categories. Um, yeah. I'll give it a seven fair. for both categories because... Because the, the, the visual effects were outstanding, stellar oh. even. Um, the music fit what we were seeing. The acting was, for the most part, good. The writing, I think, let it down a little bit, again, because they told too much. And this is for both categories. I, I like The writing or the story gave us too much with not enough detail to the full story. Again, it kind of... It gave us snapshots in high detail. Again, different scenes to tell a story, but not a... It feels like too much happened in such a short amount of time in the sense that... Yeah, too much happened in a short amount of time. So I think the writing let it down a little bit. We'll see what they can make if they do a sequel. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the film. And again, I've never left a film wanting... Being given all of it, but wanting more of it. It's, it's a very strange feeling. feeling to have. It's a it's a really strange feeling, and it just it took us the whole train ride and walk back to our apartment to try and work it out and work out what the feeling was. And yeah, it like yeah. you know a lot of like scrunching your face up and kind of looking up at like you know in the corner and just staring for a second and thinking yeah. about it for a moment and. And, you know, just being lost and working out what it was because I've never had that before. And again, they gave us too much, which made us wanting more. It's so yeah, weird. unique. Like, it, it, it's an absolute puzzle. Like, the more I think about it, the, mm. the more questions keep popping up in my head about it. And, you know, that that's a really good sign about a movie. If it keeps you thinking long after you get out of that theater. Yeah, again, we're a couple of weeks down the line and we're still thinking about it. Yeah, I don't think a day has gone by, actually, in that time where I haven't stopped for a minute and, and gone and thought about something. No, and consi- yeah, and exactly, and consider the film. Um, I mean, I've certainly heard uh, Bad Guy plenty of times since then, <laughs> then because of the film. So, <laughs> of you know, yeah, there's all that. Uh, Drew, um, I haven't thought about it at all, but who who should we award our prestigious award? I'm- who from the film... Who involved in the film? The girl that got her hand crushed. <laughs> the girl that got her hand crushed. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to give it to the jawbreaker? We didn't oh, talk that's... about the jawbreaker. No, we didn't talk about the jawbreaker. We Again, about the car the, scene, the... but the greatest moment of the car scene is watching the jaw. jaw get shattered. Yeah, against the steering wheel, though. He slammed his head into the steering wheel and smashed his jaw up into, like, three... And just the way he held his jaw, he keeps trying to lift his jaw back into place and it just keeps dropping off. And it's just like, oh, my crumbles. God. At one point, he lets it go in it and you just see it crumble apart. Like, oh, my God. It just breaks up. It just... Oh, oh my God. It's just so graphic. <laughs> it's so, so perfect, good. though. I'm glad they did it. I am, too. It just... I like the... It wasn't done by any half measure. And you, no, see, no. you see his jaw separate when it hits the wheel too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I wanna watch it I wanna watch it back just for those scenes. Yeah. Um Matt Jones was the unfortunate man, uh 
tasked with playing that 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 character in that scene. Um, yeah. Do you know? I'm, I'm looking, I don't know. I'm looking yeah. back at, at my film list for this year, which is already mm-hmm. racking up a staggering number. But I have seen four massive movies after mm-hmm. Brightburn, and yet Brightburn is still the one I'm, I'm thinking about. Like, that's, Good. That's not bad, given that it's been, you know, about a week and a half, two weeks. Since yeah. I saw it, and I'm still thinking about it. Keep coming back to that one, that, that film and certain scenes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, okay, we need a sick Kent. Um... Would you like to give it to the girl who had her arm mangled? Yeah. What was her name? Was her name... Uh, Kate, was it Caitlin in it? That's yeah, it was Caitlin in the film. Um, I'd rather give Emmy... it to her than the mum. The mum already wins for getting most of her eye, yeah. gruesome oh, okay. scene. A shard of glass to the eye. Who was the visual effects artist for the film? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's who should get it. It should I, that that's who should get it. I, I think because for the whole Jesus. visual effects team of that movie. Yeah, the makeup department or the um, the art direction. <laughs> Do you just want to give it to the whole crew? <laughs> yeah. Let, okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Let's give it to the crew of of Brightburn. The crew of Brightburn for giving us something that's left a, left a lingering <laughs> taste. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Because again, I will think about those scenes for a long time. They oh, yeah. they outdid Tarantino in a Tarantino way. They did though, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely, they did. So I that's what I that's what I like about it. I love it. At least for a couple of weeks until we see the new Tarantino. Oh my god! Don't even mention. I'm so excited. Ooh. Yeah. So 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 I think that the yeah the, the whole cast and the whole cast and crew and visual effects team yeah. on Brightburn. <laughs> Congratulations, Brightburn team. You are our sick Kent of the week for yeah, absolutely. many, many, many reasons. <laughs> Abs- absolutely. Um, and then on that on that note, Drew. Yes, of course. I think that brings us I think that brings us to the end. I think uh, it does. Uh, yeah, another week down. I think next week you're gonna have to give us a little recap of your adventures. Yeah, we will we'll 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 do another update on that. Uh which My of hometown. course Yeah, Sarah's hometown and, and yeah. all the, the all the bits of the UK so far, and of course Cyprus. Keen to hear all about it. Fantastic. Drew, thank you very much again. Sarah, thank you very thank much. You. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, yeah, until next time. Yep.